I probably need medication. But for now, we're just going to be really, really organized. I think that's a good way to start the podcast right there. Just, just, <laughs> it's just, it's just going to start right there. I need medication, but here we are anyway. <laughs> and let me explain why it goes into an hour long episode. <laughs> no, 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 we're literally going to be talking about one of the reasons that she needs medication is because she loves the act of brainstorming so much. No, I like yeah. the act of preparing to brainstorm, but I don't actually like the brainstorming. Mm, okay. <sighs> Yikes. <laughs> Anyway. I feel like your mind, your brain is a scary place. <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest way possible. Can I tell you something and you guys not judge me slash fire me, John? Uh, I won't promise. I'll promise not to fire you from it, uh, but I won't promise not to judge you. Uh, I promise not to judge you to your face. I actually yeah, feel like go. I've already told you this before. So if I have, that's even more embarrassing. But okay. um, this one time when my brother and I were kids, um, he was explaining to my mom how in his head there's a whole bunch of like shelves and like to organize everything. And I looked my mother dead in the face and I said, I don't have shelves in my brain. I have monsters in my brain. Oh my gosh. I forgot. I was not supposed to judge you to your face. That's a great story. Ellen. Thank <laughs> no, you for I, sharing. I judge myself for that. It's terrifying. I, I don't know what my mother was thinking not taking me to see somebody, but oh well. That is so funny because also I feel like I would have pegged you to be the one that said like I have shelves in my brain of like with like binders of information that I can just like pull out when needed. Mm-hmm. I have shelves now for the monsters. Okay. So you learned how to contain the monsters. Exactly. Well, that's good. On. You know, that's I don't know either. Um, this, is now, this is now a psychology. This is a psychology podcast now. We're we're already starting a, a fourth podcast for the word nerds. I can't I can't do a break off of this one where we're talking about psychologies. Nobody wants that. Which it's just it'll be fine. Um, here's my segue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sentence. That's the segue. Is here. This is the sentence. Here's my segue. I'm segueing now. <laughs> This is the time that I will be segueing into the next topic. I have sufficiently Welcome. embarrassed myself on Welcome a to the next recording topic. that anybody could listen to. So welcome back to Oh, Here's a Little Marketing for you. I'm Ellen Serko. I'm Ellie Hicks. Beep, 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 beep. I'm John Young. <laughs> and we're just really unhinged this week per usual. Um, but each week we talk about how to get the most out of your marketing as a small business or a nonprofit organization. And this week we're going to talk about how to have an effective brainstorming session. Woo. Can't wait. I'm love excited. The brainstorming. I'm love the storming of the brain. I, I just, I love, I love efficiency. So it'll be great. But I did want to start. I like Ellie and I have been pulling definitions that we like for the topics that we're going to be discussing um, at the beginning of episodes lately. And I think that that's very helpful. So I did find one from a website called TWI Global, and they defined brainstorming as a method of generating ideas and sharing knowledge to share to solve a particular commercial or technical problem in which participants are encouraged to think without interruption. Brainstorming is a group activity where each participant shares their ideas as soon as they come to mind. At the conclusion of the session, 
the ideas are categorized and ranked for follow-on action. I feel like they meant to put follow-up action. Maybe they were like British. On. Maybe yeah. they're like British. You know, Maybe. I feel like British. that's something well, that yeah. What I could follow what like what I could gather from this website is that they are like manufacturing. They are in fact British. <laughs> um go me. But here's the other interesting thing is that when I was researching, like brainstorming, um, most of the results that came up from were from like the manufacturing or like the production industries in general. It wasn't a lot of like you know like typical like creativity or um like marketing or like think tank kind of resources which i thought was kind of interesting personally just my fun thoughts (laughs) disagree (laughs) okay so a few things that i do like about their definition though is it specifies that you are trying to solve a problem um it also points out thinking without interruption so i think a lot of the times in meetings like we're very quick to either like shut down an idea or to like cut people off because we're so focused on what we're going to say next we're not actually listening um so i like making that clarification and then there's a lot of categorization and follow-up which is all great but i do think there are a few things missing from the definition as well um including who needs to actually be in the room for brainstorming um, including time limits, and then also including that accountability piece as well. I like that um, <clears throat> something I noticed is that it actually like specifies that brainstorming is a group activity. Um, I think a lot of people like, you know, you say all the time, like, oh, I'm going to brainstorm some ideas and get back to you. And it's like, that's that makes sense. Like, I'm going to think about some things and get back to you. But like brainstorming would like technically be by this definition, which I really like, is if like, we all were doing that collectively and then shared together because that's the act of brainstorming as a group and like sharing all of our ideas. So I like that it specified that it's a group activity and not just something like a, an interchangeable word for like thinking. I have learned how to brainstorm through a few different avenues over the years. Um, Some of this is actually pulled from what I learned when I was an intern back in the day from um, one of my supervisors. He was really, really talented at brainstorming sessions. Um, so I learned some of that from him from college, from previous jobs. But um, I find that when you go into brainstorming with a lot of prep, it's a lot more helpful than just being like, oh, yeah, let's go for it or like let's workshop it because then like nobody really knows where they're supposed to go and you end up rambling a lot and not really getting anything done. So today we really want to talk about how to have an effective brainstorming session. Um, And we put together seven different steps on how to have that effective brainstorming session. And most of it is like what to do before and after in order to be the most effective. Um, But yeah, so we're just going to kind of go through each of them, chit chat through um, a few details and then maybe also talk about like our own experience with brainstorming and how I've seen it be effective. Um, so just kind of quick overview, the steps to have an effective brainstorming session are to identify the problem, determine who needs to be in the room, determine the logistics, create an agenda at least a week in advance, do some research and prep in advance, have the actual meeting, and then send out recap with action steps. 
So starting with step number one, before you decide to have a brainstorming session, what you're going to do is identify the problem. Um, So this needs to be one problem. So I feel like we talk about this a lot whenever we're talking about goals or um, or sometimes we talk about like calls to action, things like that. Um, there can be uh, there can be a tendency to try to loop a lot of things into one brainstorming session. You're like, oh, we can like solve like these five problems at once. But when you actually try to do that, it ends up being really overwhelming. It takes a lot of time and you can't actually give things the time that they deserve. Um, so first and foremost, focus on one problem that you want to fix. Um, and solving this problem is going to either assist in your SWOT analysis. You're going you're to you know, improve a weakness or remove a threat. Or it's going to support one of your SMART goals. Ooh. <laughs> I love I love when we're using all the acronyms. It's great. I do too. What's the one? Sound very PCS? corporate-y. PCS. Plan. It's right up there on my wall. PCS. Plan. <laughs> What's the C? Oh, wow. I made I made it up and I don't Consistency. remember. Come on, Alan. Consistency. Consistency. Sustainability. <clears throat> Sustainability. There you go. Don't make up acronyms and not remember I, them. I can't help it, y'all. In my in my old age, I'm starting to lose it. You your know? your 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 brain shelf monsters are keeping out 20, your acronym. Twenty five <laughs> and three hundred and sixty four days. It's when it starts to just go downhill from here. Is mm-hmm. your birthday tomorrow? Yes. <gasps> that was my very subtle Ooh. way of saying I'm almost twenty six. <laughs> not quite as old as Ellie. Oh. Wow. Whatever. I I quite like my my old age these days. I feel very refined and wise. You don't look a day over twenty nine. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm really excited because I, okay, you guys remember this is such a side tangent, but do you guys remember the um, Parent Trap movie with like the new one, not the old one? With the mom or the the. The fiance Meredith, Meredith, Blake. she's twenty six in the movie. I'm yeah. about to be twenty six. I wish that I had her life when I was twenty six. About to marry like some rich guy who owns a vineyard. That would have been pretty sweet. Hmm. With <laughs> terrible children that push you out into the middle of a lake. Yeah, except I would have won. <laughs> no, <laughs> thrown down. Yeah. So anyway. Back to, this is my segue, (laughs) back to identifying the problem. Um, Do you guys have any other thoughts on um, focusing on that one problem or how it's going to help solve SWOT analysis or a SMART goal? I I like the idea of keeping it to one topic. Um, It'd be easy to get a couple things in there, especially if it's like, here's our main problem and here are like the sub problems below it. And then saying, let's just Mm -hmm. tackle all of this at once. But if you're going to do a specific brainstorming session, which is what we're talking about, breaking down each individual one, not to say let's have more meetings, let's have eight meetings so we can uh, brainstorm each of these eight different issues we have. But it makes more sense to have a shorter, more focused session on mm-hmm. one thing, fix that, then move on. So it's it's um, when I was learning to be a teacher, they used child psychology as, you know, you could, if you've got a, a, a kid that's acting up in your classroom, you could take two approaches. You could try to correct that kid's behavior 
or you could try the other approach and it's um, praise the other kids in his circles. So like the one kid is mm-hmm. the leader and you praise the other kids in the circle for things that they're doing well and not give attention to the problem, give attention to the things around it. So I think you can take that in a, in a business sense too. Like here's our main problem. But if I think if I fix these other small issues, this problem might get solved. So we just take them one at a time. Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> this goes kind of into what my what grinds my gears is this week. Um, so I'm going to leave that thought for later. Um, problem children but, is your grinds my gears? Yeah. Do, do you have news for Not us, Not being Meredith Blake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, listen, it, it tied in also perfectly with my Meredith Blake comment. So you just wait. Um, <laughs> nobody fast forward to the end, but I promise it's a good one. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm ready. But no, I mean, I think at the very, like the most basic point, like there's a problem. That's the whole reason for brainstorming. Like you don't have to brainstorm unless there's a reason to brainstorm. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, identify, identifying the problem is kind of a given, like not really something you necessarily probably are thinking about like, oh, what's the problem? There just is a problem. And you're like, okay, let's think about how we can solve that problem. So that's kind of where where this whole process starts. I think also identifying the problem helps you determine if like this entire process is even needed. Because I think sometimes like when you're talking about a problem that you have in a company um, with the group, then, you know, somebody might be really quick to say like, oh, let's like brainstorm a solution to this when like the solution may actually be like right in front of you in that moment. Um, So then you can be like, oh, like we don't actually need to go through this entire process. The solution is actually right here. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's why it's really good to identify exactly what the problem is before you just like put a random meeting on somebody's calendar that like, hey, we're going to brainstorm this because you Mm -hmm. may be able to like save a lot of time and money. If yeah. somebody already has a solution for you. So, yeah. And I also, you saying that just made me go back to what John said. I like what you said, John, about like the problem at hand when you think like this is the issue we need to solve. It might not be as simple as, okay, how do we solve that issue? It might be stemming from something else. So, the actual problem might be something over here instead of what you originally thought was the problem. So, putting some thought into it will really help you get started in this process. And you mentioned SWOT analysis that that would also help kind of narrow down the actual issue, because as you're as you're talking about those things, maybe in a smaller group or just even yourself, if that's your kind of role within the industry, um, you'll 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 figure out what actually is the problem. And then you'll start to work with others around the the issue to figure out how can we actually make this better. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I also agree with myself. All right, moving on to step number two, determining who needs to be in the room. This is such an important step, and I will, like, die on the hill of going through this process of (laughs) determining who needs to be in the room because I think, especially when you get into bigger companies, you see this happen where, like, you're just like, well, how many seats are in this conference room that we just reserved? How many people can we get in here? Um, And then you also deal with, you know, just, like, personalities and like feelings and like you don't want people to feel like they're left out or stuff like that. But um, I think that like, especially when it comes to a brainstorming session, it's really important to 
kind of set those feelings aside and be strategic about who really needs to be in the room for this meeting. Um, So just because you're brainstorming, it doesn't mean that everyone in the company or even like all of leadership needs to be there. Um, I think especially when it comes to like solving a problem for the company or something like that, then like it can be this assumption that leadership needs to be in the room. But I'm on the side that like if they're good leadership, they would prefer if you identified a problem and already brought them an idea for a solution versus like making them go through the process of finding a solution because they already have a million and 12 other things on their plate. So agree. (laughs) That's my thought process there. So there are a few questions we recommend that you ask when trying to figure out who should be on that meeting invite. Um, Those are who is this going to directly impact? Who is going to have a secondary impact? Who is going to implement the actions decided from that meeting? And then who is going to maintain the implementation? Yeah, implementation. There we go. Um, Who has (laughs) previous relevant and fairly recent experience with a similar situation? And then who is one person that can be completely impartial to facilitate? So it's kind of a lot of questions. Um, Do you guys have any kind of initial thoughts on those questions or anything you'd want to add? Yeah, I think when you're thinking about who needs to be in a room for really any meeting, um, not even just like if we're specifically talking about brainstorming, it's I, I have arguments both ways because you have to think about like if you're thinking, if you're on the edge, like for example, if you're like thinking, oh, does this person, so like Ellen, if you and I were like, does John need to be in the room for this? Um, I would ask yourself, well, are we going to need to ask him questions throughout this process? Are we going to need to get approvals throughout this conversation? Are we going to, is this something that's going to hold up the process by him not being in the room? Um, And if that answer is no, and we're just looking at like, we want to present John with an option, um, then obviously we wouldn't need to invite him. Um, mm-hmm. and then on the flip side of it, it's, it's kind of like you already said, Ellen, if you have too many people in the room, this brainstorming session is really going to get away from you. You've got too many opinions, not that people's opinions aren't valued and needed for something like this, but it's, there comes a point when there's just too many differing opinions and thoughts and, um, So one idea, and I might be getting ahead of myself, is if this is something larger scale, maybe something just company-wide, changes to policies or, you know, just something that you want everyone's input, maybe um, have every, like, maybe separate departments have their own brainstorming sessions and then have the leaders of those departments come together for, like, a finalized meeting to kind of Mm -hmm. go over everyone's thoughts. Um, So I think, yeah, I think that this is a really crucial step and just determining who who needs to be together in this um whether it's like an initial brainstorming session or you know if we've had a few already that we need to come together and make a decision at this point um it's this is something that requires and should require some thought the other thing is i think um a lot of people hearing stories from you guys and others are sometimes intimidated by their boss i know you guys aren't because you show complete lack of respect to me at all times. <laughs> but you, you could be you could be intimidated by the both the amount of people in the room and the people, literal people that are in the room. Mm-hmm. So 
having it be kind of a, you know, the idea of a brainstorming session is just kind of throw a bunch of ideas out there, see what makes sense as a collective. Uh, mm-hmm. But people, some people are going to be less apt to share their thoughts and ideas if there's a ton of people in the room and whether they just have anxiety about talking or they're um, nervous that their ideas aren't going to be as as well received as they think they will be. So having less people in the room, I I would imagine, makes people more comfortable to share those ideas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I also think like the prep steps that we're going to talk about will help that as well. Um, so like I saw this quote and I'm not, I'm not going to say it as well as the person that wrote it did, but they were basically talking about how like people constantly talk about how introverts need to speak up, but we rarely talk about how extroverts need to leave space for the introverts to speak up. Um, and so I think that like doing a lot of prep beforehand is going to help thinking about who's going to be in the room and limiting it to only the key players is going to help. And then, you know, also one thing I saw, um, is also like letting people know, like, this is why you are in this brainstorming session. So like going through these questions, like letting somebody know, like, Hey, we're going to have you in this brainstorming session because you have recent experience with a similar situation and we would like your input or you're going to be in this brainstorming session because you are going to be the one that's maintaining this implementation. So like mm-hmm. letting people know why they're being brought to this table, I think could be very helpful. We recently did this. I forget what the issue was, but we had a question and Rachel from our team had recent experience with a similar situation. And so we were like, Hey, Rachel, we would like to basically like pick your brain on this situation because like you can give us advice on this. Um, And so since she knew why we were asking her why she was in the room, then I feel like it really helped frame her response to us as well. Mm -hmm. The last one, the last thing I'd like to talk about with determining who needs to be in the room is the importance of having somebody who can facilitate, um, the entire meeting. Um, so a few things to keep in mind with this person that's facilitating, this person needs to be like completely impartial as unbiased as possible. They don't hit any of the other questions. Like they're not going to be directly impacted. Um, they are not going to be the ones that are implementing all they are there for is to keep things moving in the meeting, to take notes, to keep time, and to rein in the conversation. And that last one, um, I will say I would choose someone who you know will be able to speak their mind in the meeting, will be able to um, speak up when needed, and will be able to kind of actually rein people in, no matter who, like what status of human being is in the room, um, that they'll be able to say like, hey – cut it off. We're getting distracted. We need to move on. Um, without mm-hmm. this person, it's going to be really hard for you to keep everything organized and actually feel like you accomplished something during that meeting. Yeah. I'll give uh, two examples. Um, one was the other day in the um, uh, the meeting that uh, Shiftology had asked me to be a part of the, um, uh, what's it called? Brainstorming, but not brainstorming. Like brainstorming about Oh, a, focus uh, group. Focus group. Thank you. So I consider that kind of a brainstorming type of meeting. And Emily, Emily was the, Emily Bennett at Shiftology was the facilitator and she crushed it because there were a, a lot of people in the room with a lot of strong opinions that would deviate from her question. They would start at you know answering her question, then go complete 90 degree turn, similar to us in any conversation that we have. <laughs> but she had uh, probably 20 people in the room. 
Uh, you know, and 10 to 15 of them were doing that every time they spoke. So like she did a good job of saying, cool, I heard you say this, but like specifically this, like this is the heart of what I wanted you to answer. And so she did a good job of that. And then another one is um, Dave Ramey, who's helped us at Young's do um, our end of year or beginning of year, however you think about it, uh, like Young family annual meeting. And then also did help us do some strategic leadership stuff over this over the spring and summer. He's a amazing facilitator. What he does is he does does his homework ahead of time. So basically all the things that you're talking about, does his homework ahead of time, comes with materials, comes with processes, comes with activities, you know, not like get up and slap the person's hand who you ate the same lunch as today. Like not like that, but like actual activities that like get you to think about what the topic is at hand. And so I, I totally agree. Having the right person and that is everything. Like the planning is important, but having the right person that is able to tell someone that's eight levels ahead of them in payroll, shh, we need to get back. We need to get back to what we're talking about. Or we're all wasting our time here. And Period. it just helps like from like a brain organization standpoint as well. Like if you are trying to be an active member of like coming up with solutions to a problem, like it, like it can be really hard for your brain to multitask and also be like, okay, yeah, we need to like cut it off at this time or whatever. Um, if for some reason you can't have that facilitator, um, a good old stopwatch is is helpful for that. Stopwatch. Um, what year is this? Yeah, I guess you could use your phone. I guess. <laughs> yeah. You could use your or- you could use your Apple Watch, but not you'd be pretentious in Ellie's eyes. That's true. Yeah, and in John's eyes. I have, an, I have an Apple Watch. Don't yeah, but you have your opinions about people that wear Apple Watches to fancy events. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you wear it as an, like a fashion accessory, that's completely different than a piece of functional functional mm-hmm. fashion, as I call it. I, I want to just let me interject my thoughts again on Apple Watches. <laughs> I am okay with them. I think they're fine. I think they're great. I think they offer a lot of wonderful things and qualities. I just get really irked when people are just constantly like I get it for certain circumstances, but it's like if we're just sitting there and your phone is also on the table right next to you face up to where you can look at it and you get a text and you choose to look at it on your watch first and then just pick up your phone and text back. I'm going to notice and I'm going to be annoyed because it's I feel weird. like one of these times. So. Kelly's going to hear our podcast and hear me bring up that because I think every time you brought that up, like that is the definition of what Kelly does. And it drives me crazy, especially like when we're, when we're downstairs, like we're almost done with Ozark and like, I, um, I have to put, a, I have to put a, she's downstairs. I have to put a pillow. Like we have a, the theater seats downstairs. Like I put a pillow up. Mm-hmm. So like, I can't see her be on her phone. Cause she does exactly mm-hmm. that. Like she'll look at her watch and send a text message. Okay. I just feel yep. like you two are being a little high maintenance <laughs> here. It's not that big of a deal if somebody checks their phone when you're watching a TV show. I'm on my phone constantly while we watch TV. <laughs> I might be the Kelly the, in this situation. I'll ask Tim what he thinks and let you guys know if he's on my side or yours. Ellie and I are in the older okay. generation, and we have respect yeah. for the filmmakers and the hey. actors and the time that was put into this. They did not want I us, agree. They did not want us to be distracted. They want us to be engaged in the material that they put out for us. Yes, put your phone down, put it face down so you're not distracted by when it lights up and pay attention to what's happening on the I want to see how bad Claire ends up to be because so far, not great. Claire, I'm not... Claire. Not, what, what, no, I'm, I'm watching two different shows. Wendy. 
Wendy. Wendy. I'm watching. I'm watching two Wendy. different shows at the same time. Wendy's the worst. Anyway, you guys, um, we need to get yeah. back on task. Okay. <laughs> I'm the facilitator. Sorry. Yeah, you are our facilitator, and I'm struggling. Yeah. Um, but I also think, like, keeping in mind that the so my last thought on the facilitator, this is not like don't see them as like a negative like everybody gets off topic everybody wanders in a conversation like it's just like human nature it's just we want to make sure that we are very specific about the time that we are spending brainstorming so it's just to help um it's not necessarily to like police the conversation but rather mm-hmm. facilitate hmm. and make it so where you're not going to be in the room for 5 hours yeah literally um which leads me – this is actually a segue into – so 99% of the time when I say it's a segue, it's not a segue, but it is actually a segue this time, talking we'll about the time. Um, so step three is determining the logistics. Um, so for this, I would always keep in mind that you need to determine when and where the brainstorming session will take place. Um, I do recommend for the actual brainstorming part, keep that to one hour. But then also I would include some buffer time at the beginning and the end, maybe say like 15 minutes. Um, and this is not that, – that 15 minutes at the beginning and the end is not for the actual set agenda. This is for people to get out their side conversations, to like get settled. Everybody's getting their coffee. Um, everybody's like saying, hey, like just give everybody a little bit of time. I would say like the 15 minutes is good if it's if it's like an in-person meeting. Um, but if it's a virtual meeting, then you could probably keep that to like more like five um, because there's only so much of like staring at each other on a screen versus like sitting next to one another and like updating each other on like what kid is playing soccer this fall or whatever. So yeah, keep in mind of when and where the brainstorming session is going to take place and then also determine if it's going to be in-person, online, or hybrid. I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts on in-person, online, or hybrid. Well, if you've got a a uh, Black Plague Ellie, like you want, definitely want to make that a <laughs> online situation so she's not hacking up her gunk everywhere. <laughs> I, I, get, I think it depends on the severity of the topic. So, like we we're, we're going to have a a brainstorming session on, on the Global Impact School Board uh, that I'm on next week uh, with Dave Ramey, actually, um, and. That that is a a topic that is requires a lot of focus and a lot of thought. So like we're all going to be in the same room, two tables probably, engaged in what's going on. I think um, having it be having something that's a serious topic like we're going to be talking about. If we were all online, everyone's distracted. You know, I've got mm-hmm. two screens up going right here. You know, not watching golf today, ladies. I promise. But mm-hmm. you know, so, soccer today. No, no, it's all just—it's all—it's all your favorite thing. It's just spreadsheets. So, um, but I, I think it depends on the severity of the subject, and then of course where everyone is. It's like it would be—it'd be pretty yeah. difficult for us to have a brainstorming session in person. I mean, Ellen, you're here every other week for a wedding. Ellie's already here, but like <laughs> Rachel and Sheba can't just like hop on a hop on a plane just to come for a quick brainstorming sesh about uh, you know whether we should do social media marketing or not. So yeah. it, I think it depends on I think it depends on those two things. How easy is I it, think, and how important is it is it to be for us to be focused on this? Yeah, and also like how many people like. Yeah. I think it's a lot harder to have a virtual meeting with a lot of people because it's harder to have like an open conversation because people are muting and unmuting and 
Um, it's, it's a little bit harder to have that easy flow of a conversation if you're all online. Um, I would say like my rule of thumb would be if possible, always have it in person. Obviously, if someone is on the verge of dying, um, let them like remote <laughs> in, um, if they need to be there. But, um, for example, <laughs> um, but I need to, or you, I think that it's, I think it's important to be in person for things like this. Um, it's a different vibe. It's a different feeling. I think it just, it kind of helps the meeting flow a little bit better. Like I said, unless it's just absolutely impossible where we're all separated. Now, if we all did have something, like if there was something really important we needed to discuss, we're a pretty small team, so I don't see this ever being necessary. But if there is something where it is absolutely necessary or that it would help to be in person rather than online, you know, try to plan that out in advance. Say like, hey, let's think of a time that we are all going to be together or we have the opportunity where at least most of us can be in a room together and plan ahead that way. Um, if that's something that's going to be important to the success of this brainstorming session. Speaking of, I was thinking when we're four of us are here for the restaurant show, we should try to maybe get a day ahead and do something like that since four of the five of us will be here. Did Ellen already have that on her checklist? Yeah. (laughs) See, this is, this is why Ellen's a good, good member of the team. She's always like, I have the same thought as John. I'm just going to wait for him to bring it up so I can say, you know, I was thinking about that too. Basically, mm. yes. <laughs> My last thought on in-person, online, or hybrid, and I think we have to deal with this less because of the last two and a half years, um, but also keep in mind of how technologically savvy everybody in the meeting is going to be. Like, if you know that key players are going to have a hard time with it being virtual or with it being hybrid, then maybe try to cater to that as well and have the meeting mm-hmm. in person or have somebody there to help them figure out whatever technology you're using to have the meeting. Um, I know that there can be like some frustration around like people having issues with tech or not understanding how like a virtual meeting will work. But instead of being frustrated about it, we could just help that person instead um, so that either they know for next time or, you know, they can at least be um, an integral part of this meeting. So just keep Yeah. And I actually well. meant to say that something along those lines earlier when so take that into account. I think that's very important um, because some people just absolutely one despise having like being online for meetings. They just won't do it. Um, so think about that. But also when you are planning um, your timeline, you know, you're being cognizant of everyone's time. You are, you know, you want to keep this to an hour. You've got a few minutes buffer time at the beginning and end. If you are using technology for this, if you are having everybody um, like online for this, um, keep that in mind when you are scheduling this. Always anticipate there being some kind of technological problem because there will be. Somebody's not going to be able to unmute themselves or, you know, somebody's video isn't working or, you know, something is going to go wrong where it's not just going to run so smooth. So plan some time to maybe ahead of time to make sure everything is working properly before you actually sit down to have that meeting. Because if everyone's trying to get in and now there's problems that you didn't know about, Now we're 20 minutes past the start time. Everyone's frustrated. No one can talk. Now nobody even remembers what we're doing here. Nobody cares anymore because we've just spent half the time trying to figure out how to get Susan's camera to start working. Um, The worst. She's always the worst. I know. It's always Susan. I have a story about Um, Susan after. Her in the coffee room the other day. Just annoying. (laughs) 
was going to say, one of my mom's best friend's name is Susan. So I'm just like, oh, sorry, Susan, if you're listening to this. Love my you, mom is great. Susan. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll give um, uh, uh, View Columbus, one of our clients, slash Recharge Work, a plug. You know, they, they do a lot of uh, in person workshops and meetings and brainstorming like this. They also have a great location to be able to do in person mm-hmm. meetings. But they also, over the pandemic, obviously, they needed to pivot a bit. So they do a lot of hybrid meetings as well. So I think I think if you're going to be a, a hybrid type meeting, um, maybe have as many people as you can in the same room in a situation like that where you're not like at your office. Because if you're at your office, you're going to be distracted by your office stuff. Or mm-hmm. if like everyone's at home, you're going to be distracted by home stuff like a cat biting your knee because it needs attention. So if, mm-hmm. if, if some of you can get together, uh, there are lots of places like them. But if you're in the Columbus area view would be a good place to have most of your crew in one place. And then they've got the technology part covered. So you don't have to worry about Susan screwing up the mute as long as Susan's there. If Susan's at home screwing up the mute and then whatever. She's just fired. <laughs> Susan's uninvited to the meeting. Sorry, Susan. Yeah, no, that's another really good point, John, that we didn't really talk about a ton when we were talking about determining the logistics is where the meeting is going to be if you're going to have it in a physical location. Um, I would agree, like, getting out of the office or getting out of, like, wherever your normal working environment is extremely helpful, um, whether it's, like, you know, reserving a, a room at a coffee shop or utilizing a company like View that, like, that's what they do. Um, it's definitely worth it because I feel like that different environment really helps people kind of think a little bit clearer, um, think a little bit more creatively instead of just like looking at like their normal space. I'm looking around at my space and thinking that there's a lot of millennial gray in here. Need some more color. And you guys do that a lot. I mean, um, you know, at least once a week, you guys are out at a coffee shop. I'll catch yeah. you. I, mm-hmm. I used to, I, when I started, I did that a lot too, because I just didn't feel like working at home. I'd run down to local Panera or whatever and just sit there mm-hmm. for a couple hours and have a bad cup of coffee and one of their amazing cinnamon crunch bagels and then just spend my afternoon doing that. But no, I don't have time for that malarkey. It's either <laughs> at home or at my other work. Excellent. Agreed. All right. <laughs> Moving on to step number four, creating the agenda. Um, so one thing I want to point out is I recommend creating this agenda at least a week in advance and sending it out. Um, you both are smirking. Did I say something funny? Hmm, not yet. No, I'm just thinking not of yet. you and your love for things that like agendas. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be when I first started at Shoutout Design. I was really good at getting agendas for meetings out like a week in advance. Um, now sometimes it's like six minutes before it starts, depending on yeah. the meeting. You sent the, you sent but, Mondays out today or Tuesdays out today, right? I did. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to be in tomorrow, so. Oh. <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, whatever. It's fine. Um, did you like my title? <laughs> I did. I- I'm looking forward to you in eight weeks running out of titles. Mm-hmm. I have. We, we I all have are. A page you set yourself down a, on my. Yeah, you set computer. yourself down a path that is unsustainable. But I'm here. I'm here because I think you are. Yes. I yeah. It's, but I, I I think your your will to prove me wrong will over like overcome that, which it will. which makes me even happier. Like you just you're like I don't want to fail, so I'm going to keep finding up. Uh, new, new phrases. It's like true. I see you Carl and Carl and Alex to come up with. Like I'm sure they've got a book full of those phrases. To, what 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 dumb workshop phrases can I use in these, please? I had a client that they were trying to find a new name for their email, like their bi-monthly email, and um, I sent them like ten ideas, and they were like, "These are all fantastic. We're going to keep with the first one you sent." 
it's like these are all really great (laughs) but that's where we're gonna end up i'm just gonna start using the names that they did not choose for their email list um so anyway going back to creating the agenda at least a week in advance this makes sure that so the the week in advance is a few things one you make sure that it's out of the way ready to go two um nobody has any excuse for not reviewing the agenda in advance if they have an Mm -hmm. entire week unless they were out of the office or something like that if they are in the office they have access to their email there's no reason why they can't read it in advance um so you say they don't have an excuse you're saying they don't have a valid excuse there's always excuses i don't know about that i would say that there are explanations and there are excuses so you can have an explanation as to why something happened but that doesn't mean that it's a good excuse as to why it happened that's what i said yeah no i have an excuse but not a valid one Mm. yeah agree to disagree agree to disagree apparently all right yeah So one thing to keep in mind with this agenda is that it should also include specific timestamps that you can keep to. Um, And I'm going to include this outline in my recap blog as well. Um, But just as an example, you would start obviously at minute zero with arrival and some conversation. Um, At five minutes, you can state why you're here and what you hope to accomplish. You can also share a few rules. So the rules that I listed are based on my experience, you guys might have some other ideas as well. Um, but to start, I would let people know that you will be keeping to the allotted time. You will not cut people off or talk over them. You will be mindful of how long you speak and you will not shut down any ideas. Um, so that kind of just really helps put everybody in the same mindset. Um, Then at 10 minutes, you can move on to actually starting the brainstorming process. So at this point, you're sharing any and all thoughts on how to solve the problem that you have identified. Um, You can do this in a lot of ways. So, you know, if you're all in person, this might be a good place for a whiteboard. Um, If you have somebody that's taking notes, they could be typing them down as people say them. Um, You can break up into smaller groups, like groups of three, if you have a bigger group and they can be writing them all down. Um, Whatever is going to work best, you know, if you're meeting virtually, then there are a few different like virtual whiteboard um, systems that you can use as well. Um, And then at the 30 minute mark, um, I recommend kind of reining everybody in and organizing all those thoughts and possible solutions. So you bring them all together and you say, okay, these are kind of similar or those are kind of similar. Um, And then at minute 45, you're going to pivot again, to determine which of those thoughts and solutions you'd like to move forward with as a group. Again, this isn't necessarily like shutting down the ones that you don't choose. It's just not the ones that you chose for today. Um, But they could be chosen at some other time if they're appropriate um, for the solution. And then at minute 55, you're going to establish next steps. You're going to follow up. You're going to have an accountability plan. And then at an hour, you skedaddle. Hmm. And it's all done. It's a lot easier said than done. I mm-hmm. In all the brainstorming sessions I've been in, um, maybe like three of them have actually stuck to this. Um, Ellie, what are you going to say? It. I like the idea of having it like written out too because in your mind you might think like, okay, we're going to spend like 30 minutes on this and then we'll move on to this. If you're just thinking that and it's not written out, you're not as likely to stick to that. So if you have it written out for everyone to see and you send out that agenda, like Ellen said, 
Um, <clears throat> and everybody sees like, okay, this is how this meeting is going to go. It's going to clearly last an hour. We're going to have about 20 minutes to, you know, b- break out into groups and like think of some ideas and then have 20 minutes to share these ideas or whatever it is. Um, people aren't going to be as shocked when it's, when, when you say like, okay, everyone, like we're going to come back together and decide on these topics now. Nobody's going to be like, oh, well, we only had like five minutes to do this. And it's like, well, um, we're keeping to the schedule that we previously sent out. So everyone's kind of aware and and already in the mindset that we will be moving through this. So I think that even just the simple act of writing it out is going to help keep you more accountable to stick to those timelines. And also just the importance of having those timelines. If you spend, it, there comes a point with any meeting really, um, if, if you're talking about one thing for too long, it just becomes unproductive and unnecessary at that point. And if you never rein it in, it's just now we're just kind of all flailing with no direction and too much time has been spent on the wrong thing. So it's always great to have some time markers, um, you know, plus or minus a couple minutes. Yeah, I you know agree. I think the, the thing that's hardest is there's always someone in the group or someone's in the group that want to be the most heard. Mm-hmm. So I think the setting of some sort of guideline of this is how much time you get to talk in any one, any one turn maybe. Cause I, yeah. yeah. Ellen, I told you who was monopolizing our time the other day. Um, but the, the um, it's difficult to do cause you don't want to, you certainly don't want to shut someone's good ideas out, but you, mm-hmm. you, you have to say like, we're all here for this set amount of time. So like mm-hmm. bullet point your ideas, like this isn't a you know presidential speech. Like just get get your ideas out, beepity bobbity boop, and then move on. Because otherwise, we're never going to get done. Especially if you've and got if more than five or six people in a room. Yeah, and if there's something that you say that might warrant another question, like we're confused by that bullet point you gave us, then we'll ask a follow up question for clarification. But I think that that goes back to the importance of having like a mediator in the room. You know, to have somebody mm-hmm. that says like um, like you know, Hey John, those ideas are great, but we haven't heard from Ellen in a, in a minute. Like Ellen, can you share some of your ideas before we have to move on? Um, somebody that can kind of recognize that somebody is monopolizing all that time and recognize who in the room hasn't been heard yet, because that's the point of having these people in the room. You've invited them all here for a purpose. And if you haven't heard anything from them yet, um, it's important to one, make sure that they feel included and like their opinions are valued here. And also, they're here for a reason. You want to hear their ideas. You want to hear their thoughts. So um, specifically recognizing like, Ellen, we haven't heard anything from you, like not calling them out negatively, but we want to give you the opportunity if you have anything for us to um, speak up. So. Mm -hmm. And I think one way to really help minimize the monopolizers on the conversation and help make sure that those who may be a little bit more um, hesitant to speak is by really taking step five seriously. Look at that segue. Wow, that was an smooth. amazing, amazing transition. Smooth. It's Round. not as smooth now that Thank we all have to you. interject, but. <laughs> anyway. Bask so, in the glory of your the fantastic. Way- Thank you. The way that you can really help make sure that one, you're not the monopolizer or two, that you are speaking up for yourself when you need to is by doing as much as much research and prep in advance of the meeting as possible. So if you all receive the 
agenda at least a week in advance. Um, Also, maybe in that agenda, you can include like a few leading questions. Or of course, you know, at the top of the agenda is going to be here's the problem that we're helping to solve. What are your ideas to solve it? Then you can take some time beforehand to jot down your initial thoughts before the meeting. Um, So Also, ideally, everyone would be able to send in those initial thoughts around to the other attendees in advance so that everyone can kind of walk in ready to take action and discuss. Um, So what I love about this method is that like, so like I personally just take a lot longer to process something. Like when I'm presented with a problem on the spot, I may not have like my very best ideas like in that very moment. But if I'm given some time to like think about it, like I'm going on a walk or I'm running to the grocery store, like I'm taking a drive, like I'm thinking about like that problem that I've been presented with, that may be when I come up with my best ideas and then I can jot them down as they come to me and I have a few days to like really process it. Um, And then like it also will help you with your rambling. I'm a rambler. So like (laughs) having notes beforehand really helps um, me make sure that I don't ramble as much or that I'm able to at least bring my rambling back to a point that makes sense. Um, So doing that prep in advance is really going to help those who are maybe feeling a little bit more timid about speaking up and also help those who feel like this is their opportunity to be on a stage. Yeah. And I mean, just a, a quick example, like I'm a person that I can't, if I'm just invited to a brainstorming session and I don't really know what we're talking about or a meeting in general and I don't really know what we're talking about and I'm asked a question on the spot, like if, if you were like, hey, what do you think about this, Ellie? Or hey, what are your ideas? What are some potential solutions to this? I'm going to freeze and panic. I'm going to get anxiety because I don't I don't know. I'm going to draw a blank 100% of the time. Um, I might say something, but it's going to be, I'm going to talk around it until I finally get to what I'm meant to say, because I'm working it out as I'm going. Um, so that's going to take a lot of time. And also I don't like to feel like I'm put on the spot. Like I'm not great when I'm put on the spot like that. I would rather have the information beforehand. So I, like Ellen just said, have the time to sit and think on it and come up with the best ideas that I can and, and do some research and make sure that they all make sense before I share them in front of everyone and share them in a meeting. So um. Yeah, I I I work well under pressure in some regard, but I don't like to be put on the spot for things. Um, and it still just takes me back to when I was in college. I went to an open interview at Chipotle, and I was sitting there. I was very awkward. I had had like maybe like one job in my life. Um, I don't know. I thought I you were going to say I only had one drink. Oh I gosh, swear to God, no. I only had I one margarita. So <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. Oh, Ellie, I was, sorry, I was, I was like, no. I was like, I forget. I think I was like a freshman in college and my parents were always the parents that were like, we don't want, we want you to focus on school. Like we don't want you to think you have to have a job right now. Um, But like, I just, I wanted a job and I was like, oh, Chipotle has open interviews. So like I went and it was so horrible. I obviously didn't get the job, but the guy was like, tell me a joke. And Uh, I was like, I can't. I was like, I I don't know a joke. I went completely blank. It was terrible. Yeah. Well, it was, I, I like just couldn't think of anything. And then I started panicking because I wasn't thinking of anything, which was making me not able to think of anything even more. So this is a prime example of like, give somebody some heads up on this. And what I ended up going with was just telling them, I was like, well, I mean, <clears throat> I was, I was voted class clown as my senior superlative in high school. And he was like, like, as he was sitting back, you know, like this, and he's like, 
well, how many people did you graduate with? And I was like, 50. And he's like, mm, that's not very many. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're a Who is this guy? So, uh, inter- the general manager of the Chipotle in Beaver Creek. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, and and so that stuck with me. Yeah. So I don't love to be put on the spot and I'm going to freeze up. So anyway, um, I'm rambling now and taking up all the time. But um, yeah, giving some people some heads up and some time to prepare is ultimately going to lead to a better meeting. Can I tell a bad interview story? Since we're already- oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So also in college, uh, I think it was the Perrysburg Best Buy. Could have been Toledo Best Buy. Is one of the Best Buys you know, nearby. Went to interview there because, as you both know, love technology, understand most of it. I could probably sell everything from computers to vacuums. I could figure it out. So the interview is going pretty well. What I just needed, it was uh, it was when I took a, a class hiatus uh, at BG. So I had, I had some time on my hands. So I was looking for a job to fill my time while I wasn't doing my schooling. Um, and so the interview is going pretty well. He gets to the question of what would be the hardest thing for you to sell here at Best Buy? Or what would be... But something like that, or what, what would be something that you'd have a problem with working here? And my answer was legit. Uh, I'd have a hard time selling your extended warranties because <laughs> I think it's, it's like I realize that's how you guys make money. But I I didn't say it's a sham, but I basically said it's a sham. And might come as a surprise to you, I didn't get called back on that interview. It's like, oh I'm going to have a hard time talking people into getting an extended warranty on stuff because I think that's uh, shenanigans, which it is. That's hilarious. So, sorry. <laughs> I love it. It could have been a, what was, what was Best Buy's? What's their experts? What are their experts called? Geek Squad. Geek Squad. Pre-Geek Squad, but yeah, it could have been a Geek Squad been a, that deleted all of my mom's family photos on accident. That was Whoa. traumatizing Oops. for her. Yeah. We're missing Whoa. like a big chunk of our memories. Whoa, I would not be thrilled. I, if you were to ask Jennifer about it today, I think she would still be pretty upset about it, which oh, we found out say. that dad had actually made a copy of most of them on his work okay. computer, but there are still some that like are just forever gone. I but like anyway, I ask her next time I see her just to oh, dry her it. up. Um, another thing that this made me think of Ellie, when you were um, sharing about like feeling like you're on the spot, I think sometimes when you're asked something on the spot, um, there can be a tendency if you're if somebody else is talking that um, you're listening in order to prepare yourself to speak again speak again instead of actually listening to that person to hear what they have to say. Um, mm-hmm. So I think by taking the time to process the problem yourself beforehand and kind of like get all of your thoughts out, it <laughs> this might sound kind of silly, but like it creates space in your brain to actually listen to the other people that are at the table. Um, And then like while they're talking, you can like be making some little like notes on a notepad or something so that you don't forget about it and you can get it out of your brain and you don't forget about it. But it leaves you the space to actually comprehend what somebody is saying and be able to, you know, then learn from what they said and kind of like jump off of what they said so you can build on your ideas instead of just having all these like, random conversations that just happen to be in the same room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agree. Excellent. Okay. Yes. So recap so far, we've talked through five of the seven steps. Step one is to identify the problem. Step two is determine who needs to be in the room. Step three is determine le- 
logistics. Step four is to create the agenda at least a week in advance. And step five is to do some research and prep in advance as each of the attendees. So now we get into the second to the last step, which is actually having the meeting. So I just had a few thoughts on when you actually have the meeting. I feel like we talked a lot about what the meeting will actually entail when we talked about building the agenda. Um, But a few things to keep in mind is to try to keep your phone on silent. Um, Don't have any other tabs open and try to stay focused for just that one hour. If you're one of those people that like if you're going to be in person and you want to have notes up, but you know that you have a tendency to like open another tab – maybe go old school and print the notes off in advance. Um, I actually gave this Mm -hmm. advice to a friend of mine. She had um, the people that bought her company that she worked for come in like a couple of weeks ago and they wanted to have a brainstorming session. Um, But she knew that they're like a little bit old school. So she didn't want to like have her laptop up with her notes. And so I said, oh, you should print them off not only for yourself, but also print off a few extra copies of your notes for everybody else in the room. And she said that that was a really big hit. So, you know, if you can do that as well, or if you can send out the link to your notes in advance, that would be great too. Um, Also try to be thoughtful with your words. We kind of just talked about this. Um, Don't be the rambler that takes up all the time. If you're sitting in the room and you can't figure out who the rambler is, you may want to grab a mirror. Um, (laughs) Don't have tangents or side conversations, especially within that hour. Um, And this can be really hard, especially when you're like sitting at a table or with a lot of other people in the room, especially if you're like sitting next to a good friend. It can be hard to like not have side conversations, but just try to encourage each other to listen to the teacher, pay attention in class. (laughs) Um, I think that has to be one of my biggest pet peeves is when people like – in any group, in any room for any reason, or having side conversations when someone else is talking, if somebody else is speaking to the group, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it nothing grinds my gears more <laughs> than people talking about things that don't need to be talked about right then and there. Like if they, if it was like a quick like, oh, hey, did she just say this? Like, okay. But like, it's clearly um, not something that needs to be talked about right now you everybody in the room can hear you guys whispering and it's so rude to the person speaking um and they're gonna lose focus they're gonna feel like what they're saying doesn't matter and it's just biggest pet peeve continue <laughs> yes agreed yeah there there are on our bi-weekly young's meetings there are people that i can't sit by because yeah they, they have a side <clears throat> comment per every every comment and i was like ah I don't want to have a salt this on my rap sheet so early in the morning because I'm tired of hearing you. Yeah, I the reason I I brought it up and I'm so fired up about it is it literally happens every week in BNI and I cannot oh, stand it. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I I just I hate like when we're in this room with like because we're all choosing to be there anyway. Like it's you know, maybe everybody's like, oh, you know, it's, it gets kind of annoying or something, but we're all choosing to be there. We're all, we've all like paid to be there and everyone, and it's like, you're just, you're talking. And there are certain people that I don't want to sit next to because I know that they're going to do it to me and start talking to me. And I don't want to be a part of that. Like you said, like, I don't, it's, it's just so it's bizarre to me. Like we're all adults. Like, what are you doing? You're acting like we're in like a third grade class right now and the teacher can't mm-hmm. reign in the class. So yeah. yeah. I always do the, if they're over here, I, I look at them just for the second that they start talking and then I just, mm-hmm. I just look back at the, the speaker. Like, yeah. 
Oh, I that always person is actually that. talking. Did you know that? Like, I will yeah, literally like, no matter where in the room. room. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> I will so dramatically. I do it all the time. I, I swear, like, in this room of BNI, I will dramatically, like, turn around and look at the person who's talking, like, across, like, the per- people who are whispering. <laughs> and I just look at them to let them know, like, I hear you. And then I turn back around and like listen to the speaker because I cannot stand it that much. I'm like, you guys, like you don't want to stand up and start talking and have everybody else like no one else in the room is listening to you. So like, please stop. Talk to them after. Talk to them when we're done. Right. So we were talking about um, things to keep in mind when you're having the meeting. And we were talking about basically just like being a, a decent human being. Um, making sure that you're supporting one another and being respectful of everyone's time, including your own. I don't know. I don't know what it is about like in-person meetings, but like I think that like in some people, like it just awakens them the high school self in them, and they feel the need to like be the class clown or something. But like. I don't know how to tell you that, like, just nobody really has time for that. And it's just embarrassing and it's annoying and it's frustrating. And mm-hmm. we would just like everybody to move on so that we can be efficient with our time. We can, we can joke, we can laugh before and after the meeting. We can still have a good time during the meeting, but like, this is not your time to like be on the stage. And yeah. if you think that it is, then like, to be frank, just grow up. Mm hmm. Don't be the um uh oh what's his name from the office? I thought about this earlier. The the traveling sales guy. Oh. Packer? Yeah. Packer. Packer. Yeah, Packer, <laughs> his character is not like fictional. I've met many Packers over the years and nobody wants to be him. So don't don't do Even that. the actor that played Packer is real cuz yeah. he recently got a a Dewey uh, coming through mm-hmm. Ohio. Oh yeah, yeah, yikes! So allegedly, a little bit of like, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> this is just a little bit of like you know, real talk. If you if you've listened this far into the podcast, just like please be a, ba- a basic, a decent human being, um, and don't don't be that person. Yeah, amen. There's a lot of people not to be. That's one of them. Yeah. All right, moving on to step seven, the last step in brainstorming, is to send out a recap with action steps. So ideally, this recap is sent out within a day or two by the facilitator, um, and it should have like a very clear recap of the discussion along with who is responsible for what, um, including maybe like some date ranges on when things are supposed to be complete. Um, So just to make sure that everybody stays on task, make sure that all of your hard work up to this point was worth it and that you actually see um, action from it. And then, you know, this will also be like sometimes that you're – it may be a time that you're like reorganizing your SMART goal. Maybe that's what the the problem was that you were solving. So like you're now sending out like the new new goals that that meet all those um, 
metrics. Sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. Um, but make sure that that recap is organized, it's clear, and it goes to everybody that it needs to go to and that it's timely. So if this recap is sent out like three weeks later, it's not really helpful to anybody. And most likely, if you're re- writing the recap three weeks later, you don't remember everything that needs to be included in it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so try to be timely with it. Don't put it off. And then you can all celebrate with a job well done. Woo! Best meeting ever. Woo! All problems have been solved. It's true. So just as a quick recap, the seven steps to having an effective brainstorming session are step one, to identify the problem. Step two, determine who needs to be in the room. Step three, determine the logistics. Step four, create the agenda at least a week in advance and send it out. Step five, do some research and prep. Step six, have the actual meeting. And step seven, send out recap with action steps. Does anybody have any last thoughts on brainstorming? (sighs) No. Call the team over at VIEW and, sorry, what's their? Uh, Recharge work. Yes, recharge work. Call them. They They have more experience than we do. We all have experience, but they have expert expert experience in this area we should have had them as a guest for this one what were we thinking Mm, that's true i don't know i think wrangling carl into a (laughs) hour-long conversation we talk about the people that monopolize the meeting love carl to death but he's got lots of ideas that will monopolize the meeting at some point we'll do a podcast at his new space out in marysville sounds like fun carl if you're listening to this we're on our way coming over all righty ellie what grinds your gears other than technology your AirPods? <laughs> Not being Meredith Blake for real. No. <laughs> um, okay, so we have definitely talked about this uh, before, but this wasn't the primary what grinds my gears, but I think it's definitely worth noting again because, you know, the topic. Um, so what grinds my gears and truly, like I can think of so many instances where I have gotten probably visibly annoyed um, by this is ineffective meetings that is caused by not having a plan. So this is perfect. Like we went through having an actual plan for a meeting. Um, What I can't stand, what grinds my gears is uh, when it's like, oh, we should meet about that. And then you just gather everyone in a room. There's no plan. No one really knows. There's no structure. Everyone's just kind of talking over everyone. We're not really sure what the point is. We're not really sure what the problem is. Um, and you look at the clock and it's been three hours. And because and I say that, and that's not even exaggerating. I have been there before. And um, now everyone's stressed. Everyone's wasted an entire day in a meeting. Um, there's no time now to get the things done that was somehow somewhere in that meeting determined needed to be done. Um, and we're all just kind of left to flounder and 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 certainly there's no recap meeting or recap email to let everyone know action steps um for everyone in the room um we're just all kind of like guessing what what just happened really uh, it was all a blur so um <clears throat> yeah and i think something else that goes along with that is when you're having these long marathon ineffective meetings that don't have a plan you are essentially wasting probably everyone's time um this might be something that was important for the person who called the meeting. Um, and it might even affect some of the people that are in the room for this meeting. Um, but this can happen when you invite too many people to a meeting and now like a, 
I have been in meetings in the past um, at previous jobs where I've sat through an entire hour or two hour meeting and not a single thing that was discussed required my input. Um, I didn't need to necessarily have firsthand knowledge of what was said in that meeting. None of it like impacted me in my job. Um, And so I just was sitting there wondering why I just took two hours out of my day to sit in that meeting. So um, all of that wrapped up into the, you know, effective meeting having and the importance of it. Um, Making sure one, you have a plan. There's a time limit because again, like I said, I think I said it earlier, like if you are wasting so much time on something, there's a point, a cutoff point where everything that you're saying now just doesn't really matter. Like it's ineffective. You've already talked in circles around this. Um, So yeah, I'm passionate about that. (laughs) I think going off of that, Ellie, what ends up being like the biggest issue with having meetings that like people don't know what you're going to talk about in advance is that like you spend most of that meeting with everybody just trying to process what they're even talking about. Yeah. Um, so like one way that we even noticed this with our own team at Shout It Out Design is we have a weekly meeting where like it's basically a time for all of us to see each other's faces. One, since we work remote. Two, we make sure that everybody's on the same page with all projects. And then three, it's an opportunity for each team member to kind of like give a little bit of an update on their projects and then ask relevant people questions if they are like stuck on something or they have just like a a general question. Um, And one thing that we realized is that like we were spending a lot of that meeting time like processing whatever question somebody had or, or processing whatever the update was. So what we started doing, I don't know, maybe like six months ago, maybe more than that in advance is um, everybody in advance of that meeting puts in the meeting notes um, like bullet points of what they want to talk about and what questions that they have. So that like, especially if it's like a bigger development question, then like John has a chance to look into it in advance. Um, Or if it's like a brainstorming question that you want to ask somebody about, then like they have a chance to process it in advance so that like you can spend the meeting actually solving the problem instead Mm -hmm. of taking the time to process. So that was my one thought. Yeah, um, I, I think I think meetings a lot uh, are like people in management say, well, we're supposed to have meetings because we need to be able to communicate. And then it's, I'm going to talk to you for an hour, an hour and a half, and then meeting's over. So mm-hmm. I, I, at Young's, it was that way for a while too. Dad would set out the agenda over the weekend, and then he would basically read the agenda, and then the meeting would be over. Like we'd be able to interject on things, but it wasn't a... Uh, wasn't a collaborative type of meeting like ours has always been where we're going around mm-hmm. in the circle that mm-hmm. I think that is a useful piece of our time. We have one, usually 30 minutes, sometimes an hour if we're meandering through other topics or, or yapping like we do here on the podcast. Um, but it's, it's, it's time where we're focused on here, are the things that I'm going to be working on. So you're aware of it because we don't work in the same office, but if we worked in the same office, we'd probably have a pretty similar meeting. Uh, we would just do it in a in a room for a half hour, and then we would probably talk about more more constructive things during that time, more action oriented things during that time, because we'd know what e- each other is working on because we're you know seeing each other work on it. But mm-hmm. I think those are the type of meetings that make the most sense as in terms of a regular meeting. You know, an irregular meeting like like brainstorming, like we're talking about. The more prep work you do ahead of time, the more meaningful that meeting is going to be, especially if you have time to share bullet points or this is the gist of what we're going to be talking about. That way people can 
analyze it, process it, think about it, and act on it when it's time for the meeting. Yeah. In, anything other than that, it's just a meeting for the sake of being a meeting. And we've uh. talked about it before, like in our, our team of five, uh, that meeting costs about $200, $250-ish for our all of our time to be there in that one spot just for that meeting, not any time ahead in terms of planning for what we're going to talk about or any time after acting on the things that we did talk about. But like at Young's, that's a, you know, that's a, almost a $700 or $800 meeting that we'd have every other week. So make that, if you're going to, if you're going to do it for the sake of doing it, like make it worthwhile, make it something meaningful, actionable that you can actually like, okay, this is, ti- this is well worth my time and being here. Well worth everybody's time and being here that we're going to be able to go out and do something better than we were doing it before. Yeah. Like I know it's, I know it's used as a joke a lot, but in all seriousness, like if you think like, oh, I should I have a meeting? Like really think through, like, could this be an email or does this have to be a whole meeting? Like, is it, I mean, I know in a lot of times, like it is effective to have everyone in the same room, see their face, talk to them, get feedback. Um, but a lot of times it's, it's a meeting that people call because they like to hear themselves talk and they want to feel important and stand in front of a room and talk at people. Um, and if that's the case, Send it in an email because no one cares. <laughs> the end. <laughs> well, and I think too, I, we kind of mentioned this earlier, but like, oh gosh, I can't tell you how many, this might be a little bit of like what grinds my gears. I can't tell you how many meetings that like I have asked for an agenda in advance <clears throat> or like to know what the questions are in advance so that I can prepare. And then like I get in the meeting and they pull up a screen with their agenda that they didn't share with me earlier. And I'm like, you could have at least shared this with me like an hour in advance and we would be saving so much time. Or I may be able to look over whatever questions you have or whatever issue you have. And I say, okay, yeah, I don't actually need any further clarification on this. I understand exactly what you're looking for. And I can get this done like a week before we were even going to have the meeting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So instead of you just feeling like, antsy because you want something done like I could have already had it done if you were to just send over your notes to me and I don't need the notes to be like all perfect and beautiful or whatever like just send me your thoughts if they can be like somewhat organized with some bullet points that'd be great if I have any questions I'll let you know but like just just try to be as transparent as possible I think sometimes in business like we will like gatekeep information because like we're concerned about like something being um, misunderstood or for somebody getting the wrong information. But like, I think you would be surprised about how many people are actually on your side and are on your team and just want to help you and will ask you if they have questions. But like, Mm -hmm. instead of holding all the information right here, like just, just share it and then we can get things done a lot faster and we don't have to be frustrated with one another. Let your light out into the world. Yes. Let your light shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. I'll play us out today. Should be our new outro. Yeah, I know. Smash that like button. (laughs) Scarlett can play guitar to it. Love that. Can she really play guitar? Uh, she's learning. She uh, she learned uh, C chords and G chords last week with uh, Charlie, our in-home guitar. Well, not in our home, in his home. This really got um, off track. So, (laughs) Johnny, you'll be able to cut it off earlier than this. Smash that subscribe button. Ellie's got to sing us out. <clears throat> I can't think of a song now. I'm just going back to this little light of mine. 
I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Those are the only words I know. Thank you, Ellen, for the props. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Oh, Here's a Little Marketing for You, a podcast written and produced by Shouted Out Design. Our theme song is Kill the Sun by the Cincinnati-based band Motherfolk. Tune in weekly for new episodes.